Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and we got a bit of news this week. Some of it spilled over from last week. We got the latest numbers and more. But let's start with the weekend top five. Staying in first place for the fourth week in a row is Shang-Chi with $13.3 million for a total of $196.5 million. Opening in second place was Universal's Dear Evan Hansen with $7.5 million. In third place was Free Guy with $4.1 million for a total of $114.1 million. Fourth place was Candyman, which made $2.5 million for a current total of $56.8 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Cry Macho, which made $2.1 million for a total of $8.3 million. So let's go in order. Congratulations to Shang-Chi for making it four straight weeks in first place. While there was basically no competition, it's still impressive. On top of that, it passed Black Widow to be the highest grossing movie domestically since the pandemic started and is about to hit $200 million. Its legs will be hit, obviously, by Venom next weekend, but $200 million is a lock, and I can see it finishing around $215, $220 million, which is still very, very impressive. Now, onto something not impressive at all is Dear Evan Hansen. But we already knew, knew that, right? The film was ripped apart by critics, and on top of that, people are finding it weird that the main lead really does not look like a teenager. He is 27, if anyone is wondering. Now, I know he has the lead in a play, which the film is based off of, but yeah, it is noticeable when I watch the trailer, and for me, it just came off as, uh, well, weird. For Universal, yeah, this is not, a, <laughs> this is not good for them. However, it doesn't really matter. The budget for the film, not including marketing, was $27 million. So while it's likely they will take a loss from the box office revenue, it will not be a big one. Also, they have the success of Candyman, which has been doing very well, and is getting close to hitting $16 million. Not only that, but internationally, they will have no time to die, which right now pre-sales are looking pretty good. Carryover from last week, Cry Macho is still not doing great. Yeah, it only dropped 52% from opening weekend. However, it did not have a strong opening to begin with. With September over, we now have the October bloodbath to look forward to, with Venom Let There Be Carnage up first. Going to China, the box office, a lot like America's, was basically asleep while they also wait for new films. Staying in first place was Cloudy Mountain with 10.6 million for a total of 58.2 million. In second place was All About My Mother, which opened with 4.2 million. Third place was Free Guy with 2.5 million for a total of 94.2 million. Fourth place was Raging Fire, which finally passed the 200 million milestone, making 2.4 million for a total of 202 million. Lastly, in fifth place was To Be With You, which made 1.2 million. Thankfully, this upcoming weekend, we got some Chinese blockbusters again, so hopefully that brings in some strong numbers. With those strong numbers coming, however, it might be a bit difficult for Free Guy to pass 100 million. With just under 7 million to go, I can see it ending its run around 97, maybe 98 million. Looking at international numbers, Dune has held really well, only dropping 32% from last weekend. With that, it made $26.3 million for a current total now of $76.5 million. So far, these are numbers that Warner Brothers and Legendary needed to see, and this will hopefully lead to good numbers domestically and in China at the end of October. Shang-Chi made another $14 million this weekend for a worldwide total of $363.4 million. With a China release looking less and less likely, it also seems unlikely now it will hit 400 million worldwide. It's going to be close, but it has been facing Dune internationally for over a week now, and next week we'll add James Bond and Venom to the mix. That extra 39 million is going to be hard to get. The Many Saints of Newark opened in two markets internationally ahead of its domestic debut this weekend. It made 1.2 million, which is okay since it was only two markets. Also, I would assume this film would be more domestic heavy anyway, since you know it's 
about the Sopranos. Malignant is at 29.7 million worldwide. Free Guy is now at 317.4 million. And Cry Macho is at 9.1 million, respectively. Now, let's move over to the news where Paramount has been busy. First, the logistics of their releases, where they pulled a hard reverse back in 2021 and have decided to release Clifford the Big Red Dog. Originally set to come out in September, it was pulled a few weeks from release and no new date was given until now. Its new date is November 10th, not only in theaters, but also on Paramount+. Plus. That's right, it is now a hybrid release. Just to note, that is a Wednesday release. It comes out a few days after Marvel's Eternals and a week and a half before Ghostbusters Afterlife. So why the change for the studio? Well, I can think of a few reasons. First, I think overall the strength of Shang-Chi and Free Guy showed people will still go to the theaters even with kids. Second, by November there is a chance with approval uh, of the Pfizer vaccine for kids. If that's the case, then a few million of them could also be vaccinated. That leads into my third point, which is why part of the reason for the release is a hybrid one, is that they must have liked how Paw Patrol performed for them on Paramount+. Plus. If it did solid numbers for them, got them some new subscribers, and on top of that, the 100 million it made worldwide, why would you not want to cash in on that again? Remember, Paramount Pictures is now focusing more on Paramount Plus. That is what Viacom CBS wants, so they have a family-friendly movie that they can release right before the holidays and cash in on it. I don't blame them. However, the bigger news coming out of Paramount is the continued shakeup of leadership at the studio. It was announced this week that Emma Watts will also be leaving the company. She was the president of the studio under now former CEO Jim Giannopoulos. Mr. Giannopoulos brought her in last summer, and she comes from having worked at 20th Century Fox for many years. Brian Robbins, the new CEO of the studio, did not say in a memo to staff why she has left, only saying that she was, quote, incredibly talented. So who's replacing her? Well, two people are. Effective immediately, both Dara Sarnik and Mike Ireland are co-heads of the studio, now reporting to Mr. Robbins directly. They were both already working with Miss Watts and were considered her protégés, so this is not much of a surprising move. But what did the changes mean? Well, I think it's a simple move of Robbins wanting to work with what he might consider more his team. The issue is that Watts was brought in by Giannopoulos, so with him being surprisingly let go, the thinking might be, well, there could be issues down the road by keeping her around. There is also the simple fact that if Paramount does actually want to focus on more mid-low budget films for both theatrical release and Paramount+, Plus, Watts' talents would be wasted. While at Fox, for example, she helped work on their biggest movies, including the X-Men franchise. And while at Paramount, part of her responsibility was to work on rebooting the Transformers franchise. Clearly, her talents are getting big blockbusters put together. That's not the studio's bread and butter anymore. As for the co-heads, it makes sense. Remember, Mr. Robbins, when he's not checking in on Paramount, he has all of Nickelodeon to run as well. By having two co-heads who have already worked with Watts, they should know what to do and have no issue managing the movies already in production. Now, where will Miss Watts end up next? I would say, really, either Sony or Universal would be left if she wants to remain focused on working on big films. Otherwise, she would have to go to a smaller studio. We got some news for VOD Premium. Let's start out with something I would not normally talk about, and that's a new office opening up. Warner Media has opened up an office in Singapore, and this is the latest groundwork for a launch of HBO Max in Asia markets. Now there is no release window as to when it will happen, just that the as staff gets set up in a new office that it is progressing. My guess is end of 2022. Uh, early next year is still focused on a continued European rollout. Plus, they still have the Middle East, I believe, they're doing next summer. But yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on it. Just wanted to mention it as it shows they are progressing slowly. 
progressing in the rollout in that area. Apple secured another big movie this week by buying a Brad Pitt film. Deadline has the exclusive on this. The film is a thriller with both Brad Pitt and, uh, oh yeah, George Clooney, starring as the leads, with John Watts directing. As for the plot of the film, it is about two lone wolf fixers who are both hired to do the same job. As part of the deal, Apple will give it, as Deadline puts it a, quote, robust theatrical release, and quote, as part of the distribution. I saw this news earlier this week and was surprised it beat out just about everyone else for it. Studios in discussions for it included Warner Brothers, Universal, MGM, Lionsgate, and even Amazon and Netflix were looking into it. Besides the fact that it gets a guaranteed theatrical release, not much else is known about the deal. Like, how much did it cost, and when do they start filming? I mention that because John Watts right now is also set to direct the new Fantastic Four film for Marvel, yet that also does not have a release date either. So, will this come out first, then Fantastic Four, the other way around? As for the film idea itself, I think it's a good one something special, but a thriller with Brad Pitt and George Clooney? Yeah, sign me up. Moving over to Disney now, we have a clear idea for the release of Free Guy and possibly the rest of the Fox films. So after the 45-day exclusivity window ended, Free Guy is now available to buy on VOD at regular price of $19.99. It will not be available to rent until sometime in October. That is for America. If you are in Canada or in most of Europe, you got Free Guy added to Disney Plus this week and no extra charge. So yes, it looks like Disney did not buy out the rest of Fox deal with HBO, which means at some point Free Guy will head to HBO Max before going to either Disney Plus or Hulu. We can now assume this will be the release strategy for The Last Duel and West Side Story in the coming months. Also, as a possible sign of slowing growth, Disney has started their seven-day free trial again. They previously ended it last summer, right before they released Hamilton on the platform, and has not been available since. I take it that besides slowing subscription numbers, they have nothing big dropping in the next few months exclusively, so they decided to open it back up. Will it actually help them get more subscribers? Probably, but no huge spike. Finally, Amazon has launched IMDb TV in the UK, the first expansion of the service since its launch in America a few years ago. Right now it is only available within the Prime Video app, but will eventually become its own separate app on Fire TV. This is not surprising, as I've said before with the moves Amazon has been making, it is setting up IMDb TV to be a big focus for their streaming over the next few years. A part of that would obviously be availability in as many countries as possible. And that will be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, what do you think of the new movie Apple bought? Do you think it has potential with the stars attached to it? Or do you think it all depends on the script? Let me know what you think via my Facebook page. Link to it is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time.